It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I'm going to ask y'all to give me liberty this morning. I'm going to preach a message that is not normally you preach to a congregation of people that are saved, that are born again. Now, you, you, if I'd ask to raise your hand, I think everybody in here would raise your hand and say, I'm born again on my way to heaven, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't know your heart. I don't know your heart, but I tell you, I know one does know your heart. Amen. And today, I just want to give you some things that uh, uh, may encourage you, or you may have some things in your life that needs to get out to get a hold of God and let God help you move it out. And everything I preach, I, I, I'm trying to draw you closer to God. I truly believe we're living in those last days. We ain't seen the, the worst yet. I know there are those who believe that we'll be pulled out of here before we have to see any tr troubles or trials. Let me tell you what, if that's true, we should have been gone a long time ago. 2 Chronicles chapter number 19. 2 Chronicles chapter 19. I'm only read one verse out of different books and to give you the thought that has been laid on my heart to try to help you and to give you something that I believe that you can grab a hold of right now. Right now. In fact, 2 Chronicles chapter 19, let us stand. Verse number 7. <clears throat> wherefore now, wherefore now, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed and do it. For there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, nor respect of a person, nor taking of gifts. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. Touch our hearts. Help us to be what we need to be, Father. And we'll praise you. We'll glorify you this morning. But Lord, right now is the time. Father, I just want to speak the words that you would want me to say. Empty me of self and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Here in chapter 19, we find the country is coming back to the Lord. I pray that our country gets back to the Lord. They do the same thing. We find the king is Jehoshaphat. And a prophet named Jehu goes to him and begins to prophesize some things that are not comfortable in his life. And Jehoshaphat doesn't get mad at the prophecy. He doesn't get mad at the prophet. But instead, he appreciates the Word of God. Can I say that that's the way we should be today? Don't get mad at the preacher. Don't get upset what the Word of God said. Just grab a hold of it and then enjoy what God has said. He applies the Word of God. He grabs a hold of what's been said and he begins to put it into practice inward. Lord, we're not going to get mad at what you say. We're not going to get upset. We want to hear from God this morning. Even if it's uncomfortable truths to our lives this morning. Lord, we want to hear it. So that we might better walk with you in fellowship with you. And serve you better this morning, Lord. Verse number 7. 
said, now is the time. It's not later. It's not tomorrow. It's not another day, but right now. He said, right now. And he said, do it. Don't put it off to tomorrow. Don't expect your children to do it later down the road. But right now, King, you need to do what God is telling you to do. So this morning, I want to speak to your hearts on things that you need to do now. Now. You say, what am I talking about? I'm not talking about this afternoon. I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm not talking about whether you feel like it or not. I'm not talking about the service tonight. When I say now, I mean now. There's there's some things that we need to do now. There's some things that are so important. There are some things that are so urgent that you cannot afford to put them off until another service, another day, uh, another time. If you look up the word now, it appears 1,355 times in the Bible this morning. If you take and divide that by all 66 books of the Bible, that is over 20 times that the word now is mentioned. This book is a now book. This book is not a yesterday book. This book is not a tomorrow book. This book is a to now book. Get it done now. God's promises are now. Why? Because you're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. Let me say it this way. Procrastination has sent more people to hell than any sin that Satan can pull up. If alcohol and drug has sent a thousands to hell, then procrastination has sent us ten thousands to hell. If trying to climb the corporate ladder and the desire for money and, and having that dollar bill has influenced uh, uh, people today has sent a thousand to hell, then procrastination has sent us ten thousands to hell. There's not a single sin that more people are in hell than the sin that I will say, I'll wait another day. I will get right tomorrow. I heard you saying that. I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying, preacher, I even may agree with you, preacher, but right now is not the time. I'll wait another day. I, I believe the greatest lie that Satan has passed off at any person, any generation in the day is by telling them, just do it tomorrow. Just, just do it tomorrow. Tomorrow is a good day. Down the road somewhere is a better day. Sow your wild oaks and enjoy your life. Do your own thing. And somewhere down the road, when you get old and gray in your 11th hour, then you can slide right in and get right with God. May I say, many of those did not make it to the 11th hour. Their 10th hour came and they left out. Right now is the time. I'm telling you right now is the time this morning to seek the Lord. You say I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I've been washed by the blood. But I'm just telling you right now God has impressed on me that there's some people sitting in church that's got things hidden down in the heart, down in the soul. He says right now is the time for you to get it right. 
In, do, in the days of Noah, I, I love to read the days of Noah. How Noah built this boat, God impressed Noah. He said, Noah, you've got to build this ark. There's judgment coming. And you better get ready, prepare yourself. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not next year. Noah, you need to do it today. Now is the time, Noah. And, and I have to imagine this. I have to kind of think this. All those people heard that preacher man preached. All those years. They're standing around. There's Noah building on that ark. And he turned around the crowd, called them, grad, uh, gathered up there, and he turned around and said, "Hey, you better get right with God. There's judgment coming. Uh, judgments are coming. You better get right with God." And I imagine some of them said, there, "You know what? I kind of believe that old man. I think what he's saying is true. I, I, I feel like that's happening. But today is not a good day." Right now is just not a good time. I, I think I'll wait. Noah's been building on that ark for an awful long time. He's been out there building for years and years. Generations come and see Noah build this ark. They say, well, if he's been preaching this for all these years, then we've got time. We've got time. But if you read your Bible, they you know, I, I see it in their minds. You know what? I'll wait till I see the rain, first raindrop. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait till I see the clouds roll in. Yeah. I'll wait till I hear the thunder roar, and, and then I'll get right. But when that happened, it, let me just say this. When all that happened, God had already called Noah inside. God had already shut the door. When the first raindrop came, when the first cloud rolled in, when the first thunder rolled in, it was too late. Now is the time to get right with God. Now is the time to seek God's face. I'm just telling you, Christians, that's where we are today. I'm afraid we got churches that have turned away from God. And God is trying to wake us up and say, now is the time. Philip Bliss wrote a song called Almost Persuaded. Almost persuaded now to believe. Almost persuaded Christ to receive. Seems now some soul to say, go spirit, go thy way. Some more convenient day on thee I'll call. Almost persuaded Harvest is past, almost waited, doom comes at last. Almost cannot avail, almost is but to fail. Sad, sad, that bitter well, almost but lost. He wrote that song when he heard a preacher preach on, Paul preached about Felix and Agrippa. He preached to Felix and Philip said, go thy way this time. When I have a more convenient time or season, I will call to thee. Agrippa looked at him and said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian, but not now. I'm telling you, we're walking away from God. We're slipping away from God, but God is trying to tell us it is now. It is now time. What are, what are some things that we need to do right now? Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 11.
It was written by Solomon, the son of David. And he calls himself a preacher in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. There's some things that we need to do now. First of all, first thing we need to do, we need to remember now. Remember now. Verse number 9. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thy heart, and in the sight of thy eyes. But know, know thou that for all these things, for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from any flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. Chapter 12, verse 1. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days have come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Here in the text, the preacher, the king, David's son of Solomon said in chapter 1, he said, remember now. Now look who he's speaking to. Look who he's talking to. He's talking about the young men. He's talking about the young ladies. Uh, Let me just say this. The young men, the young ladies here. If you're younger than me, then you're a younger man. If you're younger than my wife, you're a young lady. He's talking to the young people today. And let me just say This world is geared and based toward getting to young people to neglect the Savior, your Creator today. Everything in this world is geared and toward to draw you away from what God is saying and what God wants to do in your life. The education system in our country today is geared nothing more to just drive our kids away from God and that everything and every vile thing that comes along Right now, his time. He said in the text, remember the Creator. Verse 9 and 10, remembering the Creator is all about. It's all about making, makes your heart happy. Verse 9 and 10, everything you want to do today, everything you want to get done today, whatever makes your heart happy, you just go and do it. He said, do it. He said, let your heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. You young, go ahead, run out there and run. You get out there and just have a party. Remember, the Creator is tied in what makes your heart yearn for. If your heart is yearning for nothing but the world and the flesh, then you're not remembering the Creator. It ties in with your heart, what makes you happy. It ties in where your feet walk, walk in the ways of thy heart. Where do your feet carry you? It ties into where your eyes are feasting on in the sight of thine eyes. He said it's better to know this. Everything that your heart cheers for, everything your feet walk into, everything that your eyes are lusting for, there is coming a judgment. Oh yes, preacher, I, I, I believe God. That's wonderful. But you ain't got nothing no better than the devil has. The Bible says the devil believe and tremble. The Bible said thou believest in the one God, thou hast do it well. The devils also believe and tremble. Good for you that you believe there is a God. 
If there's any indication in your life that you do believe in God, I'm going to weigh man's. You're going to weigh man's. I'm telling you, is there any indication in your life right now? Not tomorrow. I'll show it tomorrow. I'll wait till I get to work tomorrow. I'll get up and I go down in the woods and I show my affection or indication. Let me just say that. Is there any indication in your life right now that you love God? You need to show it. Any indication in your life that you believe God? If you say yes, there's indication in my life that I believe, then you better get into this word and do what he said. He said, now and do it now. Get, get it done now. Don't wait. Get it done. You say, well, I, I'll wait my time. I, I, I wish I could have started out younger. Then I did. I read about Joseph, 17, having a special dream about God. Joshua was a young man that yoked up with an old man called Moses. And he led God's people into the promised land. Samuel yoked up with an old man called Eliah. And walked with God until the day he died. David, the shepherd boy, took the giant down. Daniel, a young man that purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. He is worth living for. He is worth preaching for. Get it in. Get in now. Don't wait and give your heart, your life later. Now's the time. What should we do? You should remember now. Remember what God has done for you. But for the blood. If it wasn't for the blood, God, you'd have been lost and dying and going to hell this morning. If it wasn't for the blood, we wouldn't be here this morning. There would be no church this morning. So remember now. What else should we do? Turn to Isaiah chapter 1. I, I love this. I love Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Now he, he's telling people, come over here, let's talk. <laughs> just, just, just move on up closer and let's just talk. Though your sins be as scarlet, whew, they shall be white <laughs> as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Here in the text we find the Lord is pleading with them to come. Let's talk. Not only should we remember now, but we also should reason now. It's just here this morning, he's let, let's talk about it this morning. Can I reason with you just for a minute? No one in this building would be so prideful to say, I don't have any sin in my life. No one is arrogant enough to say, I have no sins at all. 
And if you fit that bill this morning, if you think that in your heart, you think that in your mind, you need to get the altar. There are many people today sitting in the pews of the church that believe they have no sin, that believe they never committed sin, and that they are perfect. We, we find that if we got sin, God's got reasons for this. Come now, let us do something about it. <laughs> Ain't it wonderful that you don't have to keep your sin in your life? I'd, if I could run, I'd run. <laughs> let me say that again. Isn't it wonderful that you don't have to keep your sin in your life? Problem is we don't want to admit we have it. Problem is we're so arrogant to think that I have no sin in my life. I, I'm telling you, some of you thought things coming to church this morning you should not have thought. We say things that we don't think that's a problem. We do things that we don't think there's a problem. Why? Because, you know, I don't feel like a sin. You know, the Bible says for him to do it, know what to do with good and to do it not is sin to him. Yep. Amen. I'm just telling you. How hard is it for you to live your life sinless? Sinless. But it's so glad Jesus said, come. Yeah. <laughs> Though your sin be red. Yeah. Though that sin be red. I'll make it white as snow. Yeah. Though that sin be crimson. I'll make it like wool. You don't have to keep the sin in your life. You can come and get rid of it. You say, well, say, preacher, I'm saved. I'm bought by the blood. I'm on my way to heaven. You're right. You very well may be sitting here saying that. I could say the same thing, but I could also tell you, I've got sin in my life every day that God's got to get under the blood. And I'm not so ignorant or arrogant to say, I ain't got no sin. I ain't got no sin. I ain't sin. You mean tell me, preacher, you sin? You mean to tell me you don't? Come on now. Who are we worshiping? The sinless one. The only, the only one that never had sin came and died for sin. That you and I, we were sinners uh, dying on our way to hell. He came and went to the cross of Calvary, shed his blood and says, I'm going to kill you. Come, let's reason about this thing called sin. Some of you wait on for what religion can do for you. I, I'll just wait. I'm sure I'll have an experience sometime. I'm telling you, I would not. If God is dealing with you on something in your life right now, I would come down and get it. I wouldn't wait until altar call. Let's just, say, I'm just, let's just be honest about this this morning. Even we do have altar calls, most people don't come. Don't get mad at me. But I'm telling you, 
If you know that's in your heart right now, you know there's something wrong in your life right now, I would not wait until altar call. I'd get down to the altar right now and beg and plead God to help me get rid of this. I, I can't deal with it no more. I don't want it hovering on my head no more. I've got to get it under the blood, make my sin as white as snow again. I'm just telling you that. Don't wait. Don't wait. Preacher, just, just not today. I, 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 I really, really feel like tomorrow will be a better day for me. And, and, if, and if it really moves me, I might be here Wednesday night and I'll deal with it then. I'll be careful. I'll be careful. He says, come, let's reason. There's nothing that dope that can give you. There's nothing that the world can give you that Jesus can't give you ten times more of. Hey Amen. I'm just telling you. We, we see people drugging themselves out, drinking themselves to death, thinking, I've got this, and all they're trying to do is bury the pain of life. They're trying to get rid of the heartaches in life. They're trying to get the burdens of life so come that they don't feel them no more. But I'm telling you, you come to Jesus and He'll take all of that and He'll make you feel a whole lot better than any drug or any alcohol could ever do for you. I'm just telling you. Jesus said, hey, come, let's reason about this thing called sin. I, I've, I've done something for you. I've done something for you. There are so many willing to be obedient to respond to the message. But there are so many that are going to refuse the message and rebel and turn away from the things of God. Look at Acts chapter 17, will you? It says, now we're to remember. So now we ought to reason. Verse number 30. You need to repent now. You need to repent now. In the times of the ignorant, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. I'm telling you the things that God said, do not put off until another day. You know, the next thing you need to do is ju not just reason with him, but to remember him, but you need to repent now. Paul preached Acts 20, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I I'm bothered by the day's version of salvation. I, I'm bothered by the uh, things that's happening in churches today. It's nothing more than a self-help program. That's all it is. I'm sick of having a rock and roll show in the church, a concert in the church, having something that looks like the world in the church. Then have somebody stand up and say something like this. You just need to come to Jesus because this is your best day yet. And he will save you and that is it. 
That's just all that is doing, just adding Jesus on top of your life. That's not that relationship I told you about. It's just saying, come and get saved. Come and get Jesus. And you come and you say, Lord, save me. And you feel like, well, I, I just got saved. You just put Jesus on top of all your life problems. You're trying to fit Him in in somewhere. And Jesus said, no, no, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm looking for total control. That's our problem. We don't want to give our life to Jesus. We want to hold on to something and say, you know what, I'll let you have the, all the big things in life, but I'm going to keep all the little things in life. You can't deal with that. I, I, I'm going to keep drinking with my buddies on Saturday night because, hey, I don't feel there's anything wrong with that. I, I'm going to smoke my blunt every now and then because it makes me feel good about who I am. Right, don't get upset with me. And don't run home today and smoke your blunt and say, well, I'm going to forget about what the preacher said. Amen. Some of you run home, get a pop out what's the biggest beer cone? 20 ounce, 60 ounce, 64 ounce. I don't know what it is. Pop it. He said, No, you need to repent now. He said, What are you repenting of? Because you're a sinner by choice and by nature. That's what you need to repent of. It's nothing but a self-help program. We just add Jesus to our life. We got not everything going on, we just put him on top. No. Jesus except, said, except ye repent, ye shall also likewise perish. Repent and believe the gospel this morning. Repent, your sins has taken you from hell, turning and going to heaven. Repent means I'm heading this way and I realize I'm lost and undone. I need something. I'm heading to hell. I need something in my life. And Jesus comes to you and says, Hey, just repent of your sins and turn away from which way you're going. And now you're on a pathway to heaven. Why? Because you've repented of the sins in your life. Wow, you know what I mean? I don't have to go down and Write out how much money I make a year so I can tie it on that. I don't have to come down in a three-piece suit. and I don't have to just all this. No, just repent. Believe in the heart and confess with your mouth that He is the Lord Jesus Christ, raised from the dead. That's all it takes. And just keep walking. I know it's hard. Lord knows I know it's hard walking for the Lord in the day and the world we live in. It is not an easy path. Amen. That's why it said oh, it, it, it is narrow, few, few. My problem is there are people sitting in churches this morning all over this country that have a relationship with a church but don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And they're heading to hell thinking everything's all right. And they haven't made a repentant and turn around and going the other way to Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to repent now. In fact, in the text, God commanded that all men everywhere to repent. You know what? You are all men. And you're all everywhere. He commanded you to repent. 
I'm so curious on how you ever obeyed the command of God. If it said that he commanded all men everywhere to repent, repent and believe the gospel, have you? I, I, I don't know how to fit it into a category. I have obeyed and command. You say, well, that, 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 that's works. No, it's not works. There's no works about it. It's just doing what he said to do. Just lay hold of Christ. You, you may be sitting here this morning and think, I'm so far gone. No, no, just reach out and lay hold of Christ. And he'll help you. He commandeth every man everywhere to repent of the sins. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He said, repent now, reason now, and remember now. Verse number 2. Chapter 6, verse number 2. I love this. I love this. For he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now gets you twice is the day of salvation. I have misquoted that verse over and over and over. I've been in churches and preaching and misquoted that verse so many times and I'm ashamed of it. Text says it is now. You know why it said now is a time of salvation? The Bible said, Boast not for thyself for tomorrow, for thou knowest not what the day may bring. And I'm, pre I'm telling everybody, today is the day of salvation. It didn't say the day of the day of salvation because you're not promised tomorrow. You know how many people were in the morning service this morning in church that will not be in tonight's service because they're not promised tonight? Because they died. Somewhere along with there are so many people in churches that I cannot tell you how many times I've been in churches in the morning time and that night time by the time I rolled around, somebody had died. The Lord did not say just a day, but now, now. And this is what he, he will do now, he said in verse 2. I have heard thee in a time accepted. He said, I've heard you now. You don't think God wants to hear from you? Yes, He does. Yes, He does. He loves to hear the cry of a broken-hearted sinner calling on Him. He not only hears you now, but He also says, I've heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succured thee. That word succure means that, that to run to someone to bring aid, to bring relief, to bring help. He says, I've heard you when you start crying, when you're down broken hearted, sin crying in your life, you didn't know which way to go. You fell down on your knees. I heard you crying and then I ran to you. I'm bringing you peace. I'm bringing you relief. I'm bringing you help. I can help you. He said, I've heard you. The time accepted. 
I am so glad that when I fell down on my face, he heard my cry. He didn't say, well, I heard it, but I just ain't going to deal with it now. I don't want to deal with it right now. I'll go over here and while he's over there laying on his face crying and begging for mercy to help, I'll just, just watch him for a while. No, he said, I'll run to him now. Now will I run to him. Aren't you so glad that when you got to that point that you didn't know which way to go anymore, God came to you, spoke to your heart, and you fell on your knees. He said, here I am, Lord. I'm brokenhearted. I'm a sinner on my way to hell. And he came to you and brought you that relief that you were looking for. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. It said, I've heard thee in that time accepted. What I'm giving to you this morning is a time-limited offer. What? Yeah, it's time-limited. You only have a certain time. Don't wait. He says, I heard you and accept the time. But in other words, it says, you say, I don't, I don't have to get right with God right now. I, I'll get right with God when I want to. No, you, you need to get right with God when God deals with you. We, we call it conviction. When the time comes now, this offer has been extended, and I don't know when the time is going to run out. I don't know when the time is going to run out on witnessing. I don't know when the time is going to run out on procrastinating. But now is the time. Now's the time. Some of you are passing the light by this morning. You say, well, the light was there this morning. I'll just wait till the night and come back and the light will be there. No. He said there's a time limited. If God is dealing with your heart about something now, now's the time. The Bible said, that God's spirit may not always thrive with men. So that tells me there's going to be a time that God is not going to be dealing with you no more. Yeah. That's going to tell me that there's going to be a time you're not going to feel, feel the call. You know, what, you know what most reason why most people don't get saved when God starts dealing with the heart and they feel that, that conviction in their heart that's weighing down them and they can be convicted in their life and they just and they hold on. You've seen them. I've done it. They grab a hold of a few and just hold till they get white knuckled. I ain't going. I don't want to step out there. I don't want people to think I'm funny. I don't want think people to think I'm lost. I'll just stay right here. And after a while, God stops dealing with them. Yeah. And they can come to church and it's all right. God ain't dealing with me. I, I must be right. I must have got saved when I hold, grabbed a hold of that pew and didn't go down the altar. No, God's spirit is not striving with you. It says, now's the time. If there's anything in your life this morning that God has spoke to your heart said, you know what? There's something in your life that should not be there. It could be a thought. It could be an action. It may be even how you feel towards me. But God says now is the time you come get it right. 
Now it's time to come get it right. 